I remember Sam as uh, our high schooler, not one of the high schoolers, our high schooler. Uh, uh, Calvary Chapel, West Covina, went, well, I don't even think we were Calvary, were we Calvary Chapel or were we Hidden Manna? I, I, I don't think we were Calvary Chapel yet when uh, Sam started coming. We were, we were being trained to be Calvary Chapel, West Covina, but we weren't uh, at that point. And uh, I don't have any dirt on Sam. Um, um, he was, uh, he was our high schooler, uh, and uh, so uh, it, was, it was great. I'm, I'm really blessed to, to be here this evening. Uh, um, I, I've, I've had a chance to visit uh, your church on a Sunday, I believe it was a while back. Uh, every now and then, uh, my wife and I get to take a vacation from our church, and I believe it was Sunday, maybe it was a midweek, um, but uh, no, it had to have been a Sunday because it was at the park. Anyways... Uh, so it's a real blessing to be here. I'm going to be sharing out of the book of Colossians chapter 2, if you want to go ahead and get there. I'll get to the text eventually. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, I'll be starting in verse 11. When I, was, um, when I was in high school, my parents were foster parents, and they had this one little boy uh, that we had for a while, and he was, um, he was badly abused as an as a infant. Uh, we had him and his sister. And uh, uh, they were both badly abused but, uh, and neglected. And, and Bobby uh, was his name. He, he was obviously starved often. And, and uh, he, was a, he was a chubby little guy when we got him. But, but when you would feed him, uh, he, would just, he would just dive into the plate and just stuff his mouth as quick as he could. And food would be coming out of his mouth. And his cheeks would be filled to capacity. And he'd start to choke. And it was quite a dramatic process for him to eat. And, and uh, so we would try to teach him, but, but it, was, it was interesting, you guys, because he was now in our house. He was away from wherever it was that he was abused, and he was now in our house. Whole different setting, whole different environment, and we would set him down at the table, and, and this was a number of years ago that it doesn't happen often now, but that was back in the days when families would all eat together. Everybody at the same time would sit down and eat at the table, and so you know the table would be all set with all this food. My dad was a, was a meat cutter, so we always had good meat there, and, and my mom was an excellent cook, and so we would, we would sit at the table and we would have we would just have all this food everywhere we never ever ran out of food at at my house and uh um, so we would sit down and we would, we would share with my little foster brother. We'd say, see all the food? And he'd say, yeah. And, and you, Bobby, you can have as much as you want. You, you can just, you can keep eating as much as you want. You can have anything you want as much as you want, but just take your time. There's no need to rush. We're not going to take it from you. you it, this isn't your last meal. You'll, you'll get snacks before you go to bed. And we went through all this explanation. Do you understand, Bobby? And he'd say, yeah. I'm like, okay, so you don't have to, stuff your mouth and you know that way you won't choke and it'll be more enjoyable do you understand that bobby yeah yeah i understand okay we set the plate in front of him bam he would attack it and just start shoving it pull it away and it took months of working with him months and months and months of working with him to where he he would begin to eat um regular without without stuffing himself and and going through the whole process um he couldn't he couldn't break that fear of i don't know when i'm going to eat again or or i don't know when they're going to pull the plate from me or i don't know how much time that i have and he couldn't seem to break that uh, folks all he needed to really do was to just 
visibly see the difference, the whole environment, the people at the table with him, the amount of food everywhere, the instructions that were given to him. All he needed to do was believe that, trust that, and, and he would have been fine. But he was consumed with that fear and, and the old ways and the old life and the old necessities, the old way that he had allowed himself or had to grow up, just seemed to have so much control on him. There was nothing, there was no, nothing that my little foster brother needed to do in himself. He didn't have to do anything. All he needed to do was to believe us and trust us and, and just do it. Um, and uh, just just a side note, just for your information, uh, a really neat uh, family adopted Bobby, and, and as far as I know, uh, he's had a good life. This was... This was a long time ago, and it was interesting. I don't know if things have changed, but back then, as foster parents, when they were adopted, you had to be dis completely disappeared out of their life, like you never existed, okay? We, we were never allowed to call. We were never allowed to visit. Uh, our names were not allowed to be brought up, but we did. This particular couple that adopted Bobby did at one point come over and visit us, and, and they seemed like a really neat couple. So as far as I know, um, Bobby's had a, a good life, but I have no idea where... He is or anything now, but it was it was such a a crazy thing, such a a frustrating thing because night after night, meal after meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. Uh, I come from a snacking family, so multiple times a day, um, we would go through this process with him, see everything, know everything teach him everything, explain everything. He'd always nod his head and dive into that plate or dive into the goodies or whatever it was. And it was frustrating. You know, you, your first few days, it's like, oh, okay, you know, he doesn't know. He's had some upbringings. And, you know, after a few months, it's, it's frustrating. And it's just like, why doesn't he get it? Why doesn't he understand? What, what else can we do? What, what else can we show him? How else can this be explained? And, and you know, the visible and the, and the loving and the caring it just it just didn't seem to to grab a hold of him um you know so often after we've after we've lived in some bondage in our lives and or some situations or something that controls our lives even though we've been freed from it uh we often don't let that freedom uh, we're now in take its effect i i don't have to do that anymore i'm no longer bound by that but I just, I, I don't seem to enjoy my freedom. I don't seem to allow my life or myself to live in the unbelievable freedom from whatever it was that I've been bound by. Uh, even those things have been explained to me, uh, even though I can see that I'm no longer in that situation or, or, or bound by whatever it was, um, I have a hard time living in the freedom. I just have this hauntingness or this habit or what have you upon my life. As Christians, we, we've been freed from the bondage of sin and, and the control of the world. The, the world actually has no more control over us. Sin actually has no more control over us. Outside of Christ, yeah, I'm bound by it. In Christ, I've been freed from it. And those are things that I'm aware of and I've been taught and, and I'm familiar with. And as a pastor, I even teach. And yet, too often, I believe that we allow sin to reign in our lives. It, it's, I don't have to. It, it's not a must. And, and yet, I find myself living in the same habits or, or emotions or, or actions or reactions or, 
or a personality, whatever, you know, whoever I was and I allow myself, well, that's just who I am. You know, and I, I know that the Bible says that all things are, 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 are gone and, and all things have become new. Okay, I know that scripture, but I was just, I've always been this way. This is always who I am. This is the way I act. This is my personality. This is, this is me. I've always had a struggle with my anger. I've always had, I've always been quiet or I've always been this or I've always been that. And, and it's just the way I've always been. And so I accept myself. I know that all things have become new in Christ, but, but you don't understand. This is who I am. And this is the way I act. And this is the way I do things. And, and it, you know, it rubs some people wrong, but it's just who I am. And, and I can look at that scripture and it says, behold, all things have become new. Okay, so that would include everything. All things have become new. And I think, yeah, but you know, and I go with my excuses and I, I don't, uh, I don't allow myself to see or to, to live in the absolute freedom from me. I allow myself to be controlled by me and my emotions and my habits and so I've always reacted that way or, you know, it, it's, um, it, I've been assistant pastors and associate pastors on ch- at churches for years and, and, uh, never wanted to be a, a senior pastor or a lead pastor because I'm just, I'm a quiet kind of guy and all the, Pastors that I know were very bounce off the wall, hyperactive, crazy kind of guys, and so that wasn't me. Uh, the pastor that I used to be an assistant pastor under, he he bounces off the walls all the time, and he would he would come bouncing into my office. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, check this out! And he'd be sharing something that God had shown him. He could barely talk. He was so excited. He's bouncing off the wall, and he share everything. He look at me. I go, well, that's neat. And that was about all my reaction. And he look at me, go. I'm going to go talk to that guy. And he'd leave my office and go to another guy who would respond that, the way that he wanted. And, and so I thought, well, you know, nobody wants a pastor that just kind of goes, well, that's neat, and, and doesn't get excited in Jesus. And, you know, and so that's just not me, God, and I, I can't do that. And, and it wasn't until I, I just said, well, it, if you're going to do it, then you got to do it, and you got to raise up a bunch of people that like a quiet pastor. Uh, and, and that's what you got to do. It'll be the quiet church. We'll be the, you walk in, it'll just be quiet. And everybody go nod heads at each other. How are you? Good, good. And it'll just be a quiet church. And, and, uh, and the crazy thing, you guys, is I have a very loud family. Um, very loud family. Uh, in fact, my son, the youngest one, uh, when he was born, back then we did this called the Leboyan method. Uh, I don't know what type of methods they have now, but he was born at our house and, and we had dim lights and soft music, praise music in the background and everybody whispered and there was no emotion, no noise. And, and when he was born, he went right from mom. I cut the cord and we put him in the water, cried and set him in the tub and he quiets down. Very quiet, mellow. So he was supposed to be our mellow child. Yeah, it didn't work. Um, you know, because, because in my house, um, we were loud and crazy, but in public, very, very reserved. I mean, it was not uncommon. You never knew who was going to come flying out of my house when my kids were little. Somebody chasing somebody. Uh, my wife and I used to regularly have water fights. If she started getting the upper hand, I've actually taken the hose in the house after her so that I would win. Um, so, but that's home. That's private. Public, um, I'm just, I'm just the quiet one, 
you know, and that's just who I am. And, and I didn't like talking in front of people, uh, so I don't want to do this pastoring stuff. And, and so I had these limitations. I, I felt a call. I, I, I believed that God wanted to do something, but the reality was I'm not that guy. This is who I am, and I've always been. You know me, God. You made me. You made me quiet. Uh, you made me this way. And, and I never embraced the realities that, that all of who I am. I, I look at sin, and I go, okay, all, all things have passed away. I don't drink anymore. Uh, I, 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 quit, I actually quit smoking before I was a Christian, so I didn't smoke anymore. I quit smoking, believe it or not, because cigarettes are going up to 30 cents a pack. Can you believe that? <laughs> Nobody's going to rip me off for 30 cents a pack, so I quit. Uh, <laughs> Um, so when it says that all things became new, I looked at, at those things. I don't do those anymore. I don't talk like that anymore. I don't act like that anymore. I don't do that anymore. Those are the, the things that I, I know that I, I don't miss them. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not complaining that I had to let them go. But, but when it says no longer under the bondage of sin, I've been freed in Christ, I looked at those things and said, Amen. I no longer am bound by that or by that. I've been freed from that. And so I, I chose and I picked the, the crazy things or the radical things or the big things and openly, willingly gave them to God. And yet there was still me and my personality and my opinions and my actions and my attitude. And, and I just figured, well, this is just who God made me to be. I don't have to give that up. I mean, then who would I be? I wouldn't even know me. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept a life that God wanted to give me. I wouldn't accept me being in the, the completeness of Christ. And, and I just allowed myself to choose and pick, uh, what God would do or what I would give up and, and, uh, enjoyed my life in Christ. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, loved the Lord with all my heart, was involved in the ministry. Um, but I was in control of me. I made decisions for my life. I'd given up all the crazy stuff. And so, you know, as far as I was believing, I was doing the godly stuff. And, um, and, and I, the Lord eventually showed me as far as, well, you're like your, your foster brother there. You just, you dive into stuff or you don't do stuff, whatever your case may be. So, so now let me come in, in our text. It's going to show us what Christ has done for us. And that's the key that I want us to grab a hold of tonight. I share with you that for my, my little foster brother, we laid the table out there. He didn't have to cook anything, buy anything, get anything, set anything, cut anything. Everything was set before him. He just had to eat. And, and he, would, he was promised, never run out. Always have food. You'll get a snack before you go to bed. You'll get a snack later after your nap. Whatever the case may be, everything was done. And, and I want you to see... What Christ has done for us. Not, nothing. We haven't had to cut the meat, serve the table, cook anything. We haven't, haven't had to do any preparations. We've been given some amazing things by Christ. So let me, let me begin by reading part of our text in Colossians chapter two, beginning in verse 11. Uh, it says, in him, I'm having a hard time seeing, sorry. In him, uh, you were also, um, circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of sins of the flesh um, by the <laughs> by the circumcision of Christ. Wow. And I have my contacts on. That's pretty bad, huh? Uh, buried with him uh, in baptism in which you, you also were raised with him 
through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Well, that was tough. <laughs> Our fleshly life was cut away by Christ. Not me, not you, we didn't do it. Christ cut away and removed our fleshly, sinful nature. Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29 says, Circumcision is not that which is outward in the flesh, but circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, not in the letter. Um, our sinful nature, just the... You guys know our sinful nature. It's like none of us have had to t teach our kids how to lie. Uh, they just, it's just there. You, you don't have to, we've never had to teach your kids how to be selfish with their toys. They just are. We have to teach them not to lie. You have to teach them not to be selfish. The sinful nature is there. Well, the scripture shares with us that as Christians, that's been cut away by Christ. Our sinful nature has been cut away from us. It's like a, a big, heavy growth that we were born with, uh, and we've learned to live with it. It's just, it's awkward, it's unusual, uh, but we've learned to to live with it. I, I saw a documentary of some gentleman, he had some um, tumors that were just massive, that started in his jaw area and his neck, and it was just massive. And, and uh, I, I believe at the time of the documentary where he had it all removed, I, I believe he was like in his 50s, and so he had just learned how to live with this. You know, and, and, and it was just this, it was, it was massive and it was, it was, it was scary looking and, and, uh, but he just learned to eat with it and sleep with it and he slept different than we did. It was just there. He was born with it and, and it was just there. And, uh, he had adjusted his life and then the reason he was going through the surgery was he was going to, there was other complications and it was spreading and, and he had to have it removed or he would have died. It, it's what Christ has done. It's like our sinful nature, We've learned, we've learned to live with it. It's just we've made adjustments. We've, you know, made it work, uh, survived with it. In my sinful nature, I found a girl who would marry me. Uh, I found a girl who would, who would have kids with me. And, and uh, so I learned to adjust my sinful nature. I, I wasn't the greatest husband. Not that I am now, but I'm definitely better. Um, I just adjusted. You know, this is, I have this, nature about me, personality about me, and I just learned. And so we learn to live with this growth. And and what Christ does is he removes that. Um, and you got to understand, if I've got this growth on me and, and I've learned to adjust and survive with it and then it's surgically removed, why would I want it back? Why would I go to the doctor and say, you know what, I just feel different. I don't feel right. Can you put it back? I felt better with the awkwardness. I felt better with the unusualness. I felt better, you know, it, of course it would be bizarre to, to miss it and to want it and, and to, to still live as if it was there. Um, 
it would be crazy. And, and, and that's where we've got to allow ourselves to come in Christ to where these, this nature of ours has been removed by God. Christ has, has removed our sinful nature. New Living Translation, verse 11 of our text. Let me read it in the New Living Translation. It says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. It was a spiritual procedure, the cutting away of your sinful nature. So when we come to Christ, you guys, our sinful nature has been cut away by Christ. It's been removed. Our sinful nature does not have us in bondage any longer nor can it control us any longer. We do not have to obey our sinful nature. It doesn't control us any longer. It's like when I would tell, we would tell my little foster brother, you'll always have food, you'll never go hungry, you don't have to stuff your mouth. That was all true, visible, tangible truths. But he just struggled with it. We don't have to obey our sinful nature. When I get mad, if I smack my, my, my finger with the hammer, I don't have to say or do or act like I used to. As a Christian, you don't have to look at it and go, that's no big deal. It hurts, but I don't have to react the same way. I don't have to say the same things. I don't have to respond the same way. I, you know, I, that's been removed. I don't have to do that. 1 John 4, verse 4 says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Folks, we, we've got to start living in the truth. We hear it, we're aware of it, we can probably possibly quote it or even teach it. We now have to start living in that truth. Like I said, we would tell my little foster brother, Do you understand? Yes, I do. Okay, so he verbally said yes. So we can be aware of stuff. But we've got to start living it. Paul in this text goes on to say that, that our, fr- our fleshly life was buried in baptism. It was even our fleshly life, our fleshly nature wasn't just put to death. It was buried. It's gone. It's put in the ground. Romans 6, 3 says, uh, you, do you not know that, that as many of us as were baptized in, in Jesus, or baptized in Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? That's what baptism represents, you guys. You, you stand and you face the world as your old self. They dunk you under the water. That symbolizes the burial. You're, you're buried and, and you're completely submerged. That's why we believe in submerging in the water because you don't, Sprinkle somebody with dirt to bury them. You submerge them into the ground to bury them. And, and then the resurrection is when you come up. But the baptism of the going under represents the baptism. The old life, the old nature, the old ways, the old habits, the old use, dead. It's gone. And it's there. And then you'll see in the text that he raises us up. And we've got to recognize, though, that that old me, that old nature, that old self, that those old habits, that old way of thinking, that old way of doing things, it's dead. It's dead. Romans 6, 6 says, knowing this, knowing that our old nature is dead, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, then we should no longer be slaves to sin. If that's true, then I don't have to listen to me anymore my opinions and my ideas, I can look to God and say, what do you think? What do you got? 
What are your ways? How would you do it? I know what I would do. I got in a lot of trouble doing it my way. What would you do? I'm not bound by it. Romans 6.11 says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Our old man, our old ways, our old sins are dead and buried. And, and here's what we need to do is start living like that, living in that truth. Those old habits, old ways, old thoughts, old, that's all, it's dead. We're dead to that. But we were dead to sin, but our text says, but we are made alive together with Christ. Further in Romans 6, 11, it says, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So anybody here who's been baptized, they didn't leave you in the bottom of the pool, did they? You were raised. And it's the same thing that Romans 6, 11 says, buried, but you were raised and you were brought out of that grave. Just as Christ was raised from the grave, so we've been buried in the old, but raised in Christ. Jesus made us alive by wiping out the requirements that were against us. The law that required perfection was wiped out because Christ was perfected and he paid our price. He did that by paying our debt of sin. He he died on the cross for our sins. If a judge sets a man free who is guilty of a crime, the judge cheapens the law. I like him. He's a nice guy. Yeah, okay, you know, he probably shouldn't have killed that guy, but he's, all in all, he's a pretty nice guy. Just don't get him mad. I'm going to cut him loose. Like you cheapen the law. Then what's the purpose of the law? It serves no purpose. So God, as God, could have, could have just, ah, you know what, I forgive you. That's it. But it cheapens the law. So somebody had to die for your sins and for mine. And it says, and God says, but, but I want somebody perfect to die. Well, now we're in trouble because no one's perfect. And so God says, well, here's the deal. I'll become man and I'll go down as man, as God, and I'll die for your sins. So he didn't cheapen the law. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law. The law is holy. The text also says that, that Jesus enables us to now dead to the old life, but live in the new life because he's dis- disarmed principalities and powers. He's removed their weapons. He's removed their power. What were they, what were they armed with? They were armed with, with, with you know, the, the, the law. They were armed with our failure in the law. That's what they shot at us. That's what they struck us with. Every time we would break the law, that's what we would get nailed with. They, their weapons were our failure to fulfill the law. Jesus fulfilled the law, therefore he took their weapons. The law of their weapons has been removed from them. They still point guns at us. The enemy still points guns at us. Guns at us are temptations. There's still guns pointed at us, but folks, there's no bullets in the guns. The bullets have been removed by Christ. There is no a power and authority in the law against us any longer. The bullets have been removed. Romans 8, 1 says, there is, the, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no power in the law against us any longer because Christ has removed the bullets of the power and the death of the law. The law does not condemn us. It still guides us. 
We don't get to throw the law out. Some people like to do that. Oh, yeah, we don't have to follow the law anymore. The law is still there. It's always there to guide us. But we're not judged by it. We're not condemned by it. There's no bullets to it. It's there to guide us. So when, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, our old sinful nature was cut away. Our old sinful life and ways was, was buried. It's dead and it's buried. It no longer has control or power over us. But we've been raised in Christ, giving us life, enabling us to live in Christ. So with that, let me go further in the text if I can see. <laughs> Uh, let me begin in verse 16. So let no one judge you in your food or in your drink or in regarding a festival or a new moon or, or a Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things uh, which he has not seen, vainly puffed up, by his fleshly mind, uh, and not holding fast to the, to the head from whom all the body nourished and, and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. It's not legalism that we're following. It's not customs that we're following. It's not traditions that we're following. It's Christ. It's Christ that we follow. And I, I know that we can have some backgrounds to where, oh, well, this church is into customs and traditions, or this church is into legalism, but I believe that we're all danger, in danger of legalism and customs and traditions. We, we do it our way. We're not going to do it their way anymore because I'm tired of their way, and their way is too restrictive, and so we form our way. And, and there's this, this temptation to do things in, in you know, Cool little sayings and phrases and, and, and stuff and, and, uh, you know, but that's not it. It's, it's Christ. We, we've got to focus on Christ. Uh, we have to take our eyes off of people and, and what people say and what people think and we need to put them on Christ. They were, he lists some of their traditions and customs and what they would eat, wouldn't eat, the days that they would worship, the days they wouldn't worship and all of their customs. He says, that's not it. That's not what makes you right. God doesn't give you thumbs up because you went to church on Saturday or because you went to church on Sunday. And God doesn't give you thumbs up because you ate pork or didn't eat pork. That's not what it's about. He said it's, it's about Jesus. He's the one that died for our sins. Focus on him. Look at him. Live for him. Revolve everything around him. Inquire of him. People who religiously follow diets and days and rules, they give an outward appearance of spirituality. Wow, you don't do that anymore? No, man, I quit. Wow. Wow, you do that every morning? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it looks cool. It sounds spiritual. But it doesn't change our hearts. If I get up every morning traditionally and, and just get into this habit of getting up every day at 4 o'clock and going out in the backyard and falling on my face and, and praying for an hour, that doesn't make me spiritual, especially if I go around telling everybody, so what did you do it for? Mm-hmm. You know what I did it for? You know, it makes me look spiritual. Everybody walks away going, wow, really? Every morning, every morning, man, four o'clock on my face. What if it's raining? Put on a raincoat, man. I'm out there in the rain and I'm on my face in the backyard. It's like, wow. But that doesn't make me any 
spiritual. It doesn't change my heart. I'm not against it, you guys. Don't misunderstand me. But if I think that that's what, that's what did it, that's what God smiles upon, that's what God's giving me thumbs up about, I miss. I miss the point of Christ. He never, God would never, if you go out in your backyard at four o'clock to pray, God's not saying, oh, get up. If you want to go in the backyard and pray at four o'clock, God will listen. But if you think that's what it's about and that's what he's proud of and, and that's what's making it for you, then you miss. Because it's our relationship with Christ. It's not the customs and traditions and the things that we fall into. Legalism can be a popular thing because it makes us look spiritual on the outside. But it doesn't, it doesn't change our hearts. It doesn't change and measure up to Christ. Jesus Jesus says that we're just to look to him and follow him. Legalism doesn't measure up to, to walking with Christ. It doesn't enable us to, to be closer to God. What makes us closer to God is to actually straight up live for Christ. The things that you know, the things that you've read, the things that Sam has taught you, the things that you've grown in, live those. That's walking in Christ. In this new life we have in Jesus, we can't be cheated. We can't be cheated by following customs and traditions. I, I'm fascinated on how much I allow myself to be cheated out of the life I actually have in Christ. What he's actually given me. I mean, he paid a horrendous price for me and for you to give us freedom, to allow us to walk in Christ. And, and I get humble when I realize, and I get, I allow myself to be cheated out of stuff because I, I see the food on the table. I, I know that I'll never run out. I, I know that I always have access. I even know that there's snacks in between the meals and, and I do it wrong. I dive into it or, or whatever my issues may be. And I, I cheat myself out of a, a full life living for Christ. We've got to accept the truth that's been set before us. We've got to realize that whoever we were, you guys, when we embrace Jesus, he, he forgives us of everything, everything, everything. And he, and he, he completely submerges us in all of who we were was buried. We are a, we are a clean slate for Christ. I can, I can be the dad that I need to be. Oh, but my dad was this and that, and I don't know how to be a dad. But now I, now I can, because that old has been washed away, and I can now open the Bible and say, Father, what is a dad? What is a father? I can, I can, I can open the Bible and and ask God, God. I messed up as a husband, but now that I'm a new creature in Christ and all that stuff is washed away, I need to be the right kind of husband. I need to be the right kind of man. I need to be the right kind of, of person that you need me to be. And, and there's nothing hindering me. There's nothing that's stopping me from being that man of God. Nothing. Jesus didn't sort of start the work, and he, he did it all. And he just says, and all you got to do, Jim, is is see what's set before you and live in that. Live in what's really there. Let me finish the, the, the chapter, the, the final verses in chapter 2 of Colossians. 
He says, therefore, now that we've, we've accepted and seen that the old nature and the old ways is all gone, it's not in my customs and traditions, it, it's all in Christ. Therefore, if you died with Christ, in verse 20, uh, from, the, from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you... Okay, where'd it go? Um, do you subject yourself uh, to, to the regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, uh, which all concerns things, which all concern things uh, which perish with the using according to the commandments and the direct, uh, doctrines of men. These things indeed have all appearances of wisdom in self imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Don't live in the principles and the regulations. Don't continue to follow the reasoning or the leading of the world or your past, or your opinions, or your ideas, or your thoughts. Live in Christ. The world and sin has destroyed our lives. Our decisions have affected and ruined our lives and those around us. By following my feelings, by following my opinions. I know what the Bible says, but, but you don't know what I'm feeling. You know, I... It's horrifying, you guys, to, to have somebody that you've known for years sitting in your office who's now going out on their wife and you open up the scripture and you say, dude, that's just wrong. And they look at me and they say, but you don't know what, what I'm feeling inside. How can this be wrong? It's a lie. No, it's not a lie. And, and they follow, we follow these, these emotions and feelings and opinions and ideas and, and the ways of the world and, and we've done so much damage. The disrespect for women has, has driven men to the depth of abuse and, and sexual perversion. Men, men believe that the Bible says that men are the head of the family. And man, have we abused that? We've got this image of, I'm in charge. You know what Jesus says? Me, as the head of the household, I'm supposed to die for my wife. I'm supposed to wash her feet every night. That's the head. Oh, I thought it was coming home and saying... Fix me food, get me this, get me that. After all, I am the head per God. But because we've allowed that idea of my superiority over a woman to inbred and to grow and to progress in this world, look at the abuse of women that unfolds. And it, it's begun from this misguided, foolish thought that man is above woman. That society suggests that to us. And, and now they've flipped it and they've gone the other direction. They've messed up even more. Men and women's pursuit of pleasure has led to legalized murder by abortion. Rather than telling myself no, if I, if I go ahead and have sex and, and, and the baby is, is, cause that's what happens if you guys didn't know that if you have sex, you're making babies. And so if a baby comes out from that, then now it's legal and it's okay to abort that child. 
a living, breathing, God-made child. Why? Because I wouldn't tell myself no. I wouldn't say no to my flesh. I wouldn't say no to my passions. I wouldn't say no to my sex drive. That, that came from God. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't allow God to control it. I wouldn't base it on his rules and his guidelines. I, I just thought, well, he gave it to me, so I'm going to do what I want and when I want and how I want with who I want. And, and, and I don't want to face the consequences. So now it's come to the point of, of murder where babies are, are killed every day. Selfish pursuits have led to, to neglect of families, causing such a, a perversion of relationships that, that men don't act like men and women don't act like women. Nobody is so, what is a man supposed to look? What is a woman supposed to look like? Well, you know what? It doesn't even matter anymore. There are no rules. There are no guidelines. There are no limitations. And so because we won't say no to our flesh, because we won't say that that's dead and no longer controls me, then things are just out of control, you guys, everywhere. That's what sin has done to this world. That's what sin is doing. And that's why the text is so, as a Christian, why do we touch these things? Why do we taste these things? Why do we handle these things of the world? We don't have to. We've been delivered from it. It's been cut away from us. It's been dead to us. We've been buried from it. Man, if we don't stop this indulgence of the flesh and, and start living the life that Jesus has raised us to live, we'll lose our families. We'll lose this world. And the very sin that we've been pulled from will consume us. It'll just consume us. We're not in the same situation any longer. As a Christian, that realm of following our, our, our fleshly desires or passions or ideas or habits, we're not, we're not like that any longer. We're in a whole different situation. My little foster brother sat in the house and he could look around and realize he is not in the same situation. And, and there was nothing he needed to do other than accept his new environment, know that the environment is safe, sound, secure, caring, loving, supportive, supplying. It'll totally, it'll totally take care of you. Believe that. Embrace that. And live in the fullness of the life that God has always intended you to live in. Don't be cheated out of the full life of Christ. Don't let this world, don't let your opinions, don't let your, your, your passions, your emotions, don't let anything cheat you out of the full life of Christ. You guys sit in the presence of God. Everything's been f done for you. Everything's been laid out for you. You'll never hunger. You'll never thirst. He gives snacks in between meals. He gives comfort. He gives strength. He gives support. You are no longer in the environment that you came from. You're now in a whole new setting. And it's an amazing setting. You just have to believe it and live it. And don't be cheated from the life in Christ. Father, as we sit in your very presence this evening, Father, 
it's awe-striking to know who I am and what I'm capable of and what I've done and, and to know that you've, you've cleansed me from all of that, that you've forgiven me and washed me and cut away all those ugly things that were a part of my life. You've buried my, my old nature, my old habits, my old way of thinking, and, and yet beyond that, just the burial and the removing, you've given me life, Father. You've given all of us life. It's a gift, Father, that we can, we can barely even wrap our brains around, let alone our, our, our hearts and our lives. But Father, this evening we pray that you will, you will help us to see the truth. Lord, that we will sit in your presence and look around and know we'll never go hungry, we'll never be thirsty, we'll never be unguarded or unprotected. We'll always, we'll always be surrounded and protected and nurtured and strengthened by you. So, Father, help us to grab that. Help us to live day by day in the truth of what Jesus has given us and provided for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. <laughs>